Welcome to the Western Front. Lockie Reed, this is Banner Worthy because this is Series 1, Episode 10. And when it comes to Episodes and 10, you almost get a banner. Yeah, you're not a banner man, though, so we're not running through a banner Sing for this. Sing us a song, I'm not the banner man. Sing <laughs> us a song. No, I'm not a banner man. No, you hate banners. Yeah. I- I'm all for the eagles running through the big beak. Nah, the beaks, nah, I don't beaks like cool. the beak. Nah, beaks cool. very American. Too American, Tim. Beaks cool. After mm. 19 rounds, speaking of beaks, the West Coast Eagles move into second spot. Josh Kennedy out of retirement. The old man kicked off the slippers <laughs> and kicked seven goals. Adam Simpson, well, eyeing off the big one. Oh, we're going to have a crack at the top four now. Yeah, so that's how, if we've qualified for finals, our next step is to have a go at that. So we've got four weeks to to restart, really, and try and get that top four spot. Fremantle sit 12th, never in it against the Western Bulldogs. And when all else fails, play the Nat Five card. He was a really sick boy. Um, he was keen, and but the specialist, Clay Golly, said it would be a real concern. Um, we try and share the load. The others had stood up in there. I think we all agree with that. I think Sandilands, Mundy, Walters and Conk are very experienced and Langdon and Hill, we, we expect them to be able to get supplies. So at times he looked dangerous up there. We, we wanted some some double threats up there and, and share the load and um, rotate through there. So, yeah, that's why. So were you concerned there were still some after effects from the infection from last week? I can only go on the advice given. So all, all the mates, it was clear to play, but it was an incredibly serious infection. So the toughness and the mental toughness and his ability to recover, but the specialist said regardless of that, there'll be an aerobic effect and a, it's brutal off our football. So, but we wanted some aerial threat in the front half. So it's king or dunce, isn't it? If we clear it out the middle and kick it, he kicks three, we're also in a brilliant move. So you've got to give opportunity. That's not why we won or lost the game. Lockie Reid, more on those two issues in a moment. But what a week it was. Warsfold continues to resurrect the Bombers. Tim Kelly's in town. Carlton, win under caretaker David Teague. St Kilda, win under caretaker Brett Ratton. Reece Shaw is poised to get the job, even though he lost at North Melbourne. Australian swimming sinks to a new low, of course. Australian netball and her coach have a stoush on camera. (laughs) And Ben Simmons, he ain't coming. No. What's going on there, Benny? Well, you're, you're the basketball man. Wow. You sort it out. Come on. He texted me a while ago and said, look, Locke, I'm just going to rev it up a little bit. I'm going to say I'm coming and playing. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to, about a month later, say I'm coming, but I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days before the big event, I'm just going to say, look, I can't come. Because a squillion dollars, I'm not putting that at risk. I can understand why he's not coming mm. and not playing. But I will say this, I am. I have to look at the fine print, yep. but do you think the same people behind the USA-Canadian-Australian series mm-hmm. are the same people who were behind the Hopman Cup? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> when they used to say, John McEnroe's coming, Jimmy Connors is coming, yep. um, and all the gurus, they're all coming, and then just... Periodically, yep. they said they're not coming. Good glandular fever, yeah, roll an ankle. Oh, can't make yeah, it. Can't make uh-huh. it. Hey, I know uh, we've got our regular segments that we do usually in the second half of uh, you know this podcast. We've got the left field, the right field, uh, read the play, Gostradamus. But can I have just in this podcast a segment, a one-week segment? Yeah. Well, bottom line is, yep. yes, you can. Right. And even if it was a good or bad segment, I'll be the judge of whether it goes another week or not. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to ask you one thing. Yeah. This is now two weeks in a row mm-hmm. where I have spent hours of <laughs> diligent 
production values. Yeah. Putting together the rundown, saying to you, hey, mate, let's keep script. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. We're yeah. limited on time yep. and topics, mm-hmm. and the people who are listening to the podcast do like regular. Yeah, okay. All right? They're like Metamucil. Righto. You've got to be regular. Yes. But on this occasion... Yeah. I can have my own little one-off segments. And you mentioned it before. So, so, so can I, uh, when you were driving down from Jero, because for those who don't know, Lockheed is in Jero. When you're driving down from Jero, right, and for those who are listening on the East Coast, Jero is Paul Hazelby, Daniel Chick, Josh Kennedy, or Northampton, right? Mm. When you're driving down, do you go, I wouldn't mind throwing in my own segment on the podcast I do, actually. It's a long drive. So I think, well, I'm going to throw in my little segment. I mean, you said to start this podcast, you talked about Carlton. Right, and I've come up with a one-off, a one-off segment for this podcast in a teague of his own. Oh, nice! So, did you? So, obviously, someone else brought that headline up, and you've run with it. No, no, I've brought it up. I've come up with it. Yep. Okay. Well, the headline's good. Let's see what else comes. So, of course, David Teague played for Carlton and North Melbourne. Played over eighty games. I do think he was voted. By the yes. AFL players, the most courageous player. Most courageous player, one of Carlton best and fairest yep. as well. Yep. Uh, so here's his history in coaching, and I reckon this is the uh, this is how coaches should unfold over the years. All right, to become a league coach. 2007, he was playing coach at the Northern Bull Ants, which is the Carlton affiliate. So he's playing coach. Right Then in 2009, so he did that for two years, 2009, 2010, he made the grand final as just the standalone coach of that team. Not a bad record to start off, was it? And coaching in his own right. Went, came here to the West Coast Eagles. He was the backline coach. In 2010, so the year before David Teague came, West Coast were giving up 105 points per game. In 2011, they dropped it to 80 points per game and stuck around that for the next two years. It went up a little bit in 2013. Went to the Saints. He thought, bugger this, I'm getting out of the Saints as quick as possible because they're useless. Uh, Then went to Adelaide and became the forwards coach under the late Phil Walsh, right? Improved their score from 99 points per season to 113 and then stayed until they made the grand final, then moved to Carlton. That... That is what you've got to do if you want to become a senior coach. You've got to work your way through. It's been a remarkable transformation because before Brendan Bolton quit Mm. and David Teague was on the coaching staff at Carlton, even being on the coaching staff, if you'd lined up 10 possible coaching candidates to take the job at Carlton, he wouldn't have been on that No, he wouldn't have been. But what a great background. That was in a Teague of his own. Okay, so that's the last time we'll be here. That you segment. didn't like that? No, it was good. Yeah. But a little bit long winded and too many stats. You know what no, I'm no, like no. with stats? I like hit me between the eyes and oh, then we move I'll hit on. Hit you between the eyes. <laughs> Don't worry about hey, that. Hey, 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 hey. All So we've heard from Adam Simpson and we've heard from Ross Lyon. Mm. Let's talk about a couple of other issues. Let's talk about the netball. Now, I want you to listen to this. <laughs> now, this is Kelsey Brown playing for the Magpies, yep. right? The Collingwood affiliate mm. in the Suncorp netball. Yes. The coach is Rob Wright, and this is about midway through the second quarter. They're losing by about five goals. There's a timeout called. Have a listen to this exchange. So I know you want him to have a look, but then I reckon then you're making one just longly. I reckon shorten up, change direction, get yourself into the play. Because I reckon you can, you'll, you'll get her on change direction. What am I doing well? I just feel like I'm getting lots of, like, I need some positive. Well, ha- ha- how about do- do- doing some? Okay. Do you know, okay. r- r- rather, yeah. rather, because to me at the moment you're not. Okay. So I can't give you a positive when you're not doing it. All right. All right. No, no. So just be 
So there's Kelsey Brown getting told by the coach about something she's doing. She turns mm-hmm. around, having just come back from the Australian team yep. from overseas, comes out and says, "How I need some positives." He then says, "I'm just translating." He then says, "Well, you're not have, you don't not doing anything positive, so I can't talk about that." <laughs> she gets Honesty. a fi- yeah, very very straight to the point. She gets a little bit, I think, offended. I'm not sure, but then he cracks her about attitude. Mm-hmm. Then she takes the bib off and sits down and they engage in the conversation. Now, he's since come back and said, probably overcooked what I said, but again, access with microphones, access with cameras, and I understand all that. Now, the, the issue being is, do you think you and I are old school dinosaurs? Yes. That that is good coaching, bad coaching, or do you think, the? don't forget, Channel 9 are the rights holders, whether it was too invasive and whether netball should go, okay, let's not go into those timeouts in future because that might happen again. No, sport is about theatre and that is the theatre at its best and that is why people want to watch. No, we don't just want to watch because of the kicks, handballs, the passes, the goals. We want to watch because we get engrossed in the players, their personalities. So no, no way should you take the microphones out of those huddles and the cameras as well. Absolutely no way. Who is in the right? Who is in the wrong? Uh, I think as a player, you've just got to take what the coach says to you and then deal with it maybe behind the scenes. Mm. Don't Mm. you reckon? Yeah. um, But it is an emotional game. Some people feed off positive feedback and constructive criticism is key. Okay? Mm. Constructive criticism is key. This was – it was confronting to watch. Yeah. Brilliant for the publicity of the the Do you like it then? Yeah, I like it. Should they have cameras in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they pay for that. Netball needs free-to-air rights. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the journey, same as the AFL. Now, I know they were a little bit more restrictive, but we're, talk, we're talking chalk and cheese here, aren't we? We're talking netball. Yeah. But I will say this. A male coach with a female player opens up questions from outside going, oh, he shouldn't have done that, he shouldn't have done that. In an ideal world, it would have been, and I say this in all sincerity, a female coach with a female player, we might not, there might not be so loud a yeah. protest. Although, but I think he's within his rights as coach, and she's within her rights to stand to her. Correct ground. me if I'm wrong, but he is a championship-winning coach. Yeah, but they're going awful. But he has yeah, been yeah, a champion, yeah. so he, he knows, knows what, what it takes but she's a great to get player. to the next level. Kelsey Brown is a very good player. She plays for Australia. He obviously wanted to make a statement, and that was the statement he made. Anyway... Here's Ben Simmons. My goal is to bring an Olympic medal to Australia. So if you guys are mad at me now, then that's fine. But, you know, hopefully when I'm holding that medal up with my teammates, you guys are smiling. Okay. So he's been honest. Yeah. Basically, he said a couple of games in Australia, the World Cup issue, I've got to think big picture. Yeah. I was only joking before about him bringing me and texting me about this was the plan. Mm. Yeah. Was a little gag. Do you Tim. do you think I really thought he did? <laughs> no, I don't. No. You're looking at me like you know, mm. my best buddy Ben had texted me and the said only, that was his plan. The only Ben who's your best buddy is your son. <laughs> yeah, that's right. true. So leave that was probably a different Ben who. Oh yeah, that'll be. It. Hey, so so bottom line is, um, I see where he's coming from. Yep. But that doesn't excuse the people who bought tickets, the promotion of it, and the whole thing is now looking very, very ordinary. It's really hard because we always thought, even when it was announced that he was coming and I want to be part of the World Cup, when he put out the little video on his phone saying, I'm coming Australia and I'm going to help you to the World Cup, he was out of contract or coming out of contract and awaiting that next deal, which was always going to be a max deal. And when you get a max deal... 
Philadelphia tells you exactly what you're going to do. So I think, I personally think every basketball head out there, fan, official, was sitting back two months ago thinking he was never going to come and play. Scenario? Mm. If, who does LeBron James play for? Lakers. Yeah. If the LA, LeBron James said, I'm going to Australia to play mm. in the World Cup warm-up games. Yep. And the Lakers said no, what would LeBron do? Uh, and why is it different? A bit harder with LeBron because he is like the greatest player of all time, Seems second the behind best Michael player. Jordan. Ever. Yeah, but he's not. He's no LeBron. He's paid he's, accordingly inside his group. paid accordingly. Well, maybe LeBron, that's why he's not coming as well. Maybe they've, they've all dropped out. All those American guys and a couple of the Canadian guys have dropped out as well. Mm. I think we were all sucked in. I thought we all jumped on the hook. I know people have spent good money to be there. Well, they've spent really good money. Uh, okay. Now, I know you will be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Name me the starting five for Canadia. Uh, I wouldn't know. I don't know the starting five. Uh, Wiggins, Wiggins, Tristan Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. No, Wiggins, he's a cyclist, mate. (laughs) Bradley Wiggins. No, Wiggins, he was a number one. He was the pick when LeBron went back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. (laughs) He was their number one pick, and (laughs) then they traded him off somewhere else. (laughs) Tristan Thompson. Okay, you're boring uh, me. Murray. (laughs) Murray. Jamil Murray. What's his name? Jamil Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, come in, Jamil. He could walk in here right now into this very small podcast room. I wouldn't know Jamil Murray. Yeah. Okay, you've got three. And you know what? You've got three. He could buy your house 150 times over and still have cash in his back pocket. And I could buy your house 150 <laughs> times over and still have cash yeah. in his back pocket. No, seriously, name me another two. You can't. Uh, so this is my point. Yeah, but it's gonna... Canada, mate. We're talk... I... They're part of the system, mate. They're yeah, they are, but... The USA the are the bigger team. Yeah, they're playing not the NBA. all of them play in the NBA. It's the like Australia. Not all Australian players play in the NBA. I ain't You're paying. very argumentative today. I'm not paying 300 bucks to go watch Greg Hire play <laughs> right, at the RAC <laughs> Arena if everyone else pulls out. Joe Ingles him. is a fair player. Yeah, nice player, mate. He's playing in the NBA. He's earning pretty good money in a yeah. damn good team. Delhi's a championship player with the NBA in the NBA. He'll be back playing for... He'll be back playing for Nutter Wadding soon. <laughs> Rightio. All righty. Just in summary. Disrespectful. What did you make of the West Coast Eagles? Uh, I thought they were terrific. I really did. They started off on fire. I, that's two weeks in a row now at home that they've started off with a six-goal first turn. Was it six goals on the weekend? It was six against Collingwood and then five or six on the weekend. They were destructive. Great to have Josh Kennedy back. He was just unbelievable. I thought Darling was also really good as a bit of a decoy. And whenever uh, Joshy wasn't around the footy, then Darling was as well. Um, They just worked really well. And you know what I will say? Will Schofield has to play in that team each and every week mm. because he takes so much pressure off Barris and McGovern. Mm. He's the lockdown man. Barris can then come in with his big fist and knock it over the boundary 54 times in a game, mm. and McGovern can start taking marks and play off his uh, forward. He was very, very good, and they look very, very happy with themselves at the moment. The West Coast Eagles in second spot. So the ladder looks like this as we take a look. It is certainly Geelong on top, and they're in town, of course. A lot of the team have arrived. Eagles are second just on percentage from Brisbane. They just keep on winning. Richmond had come. We know that. GWS aren't going away. Collingwood have hit the wall. Essendon are hanging on. And Adelaide, well, things are going horribly wrong in the the South Australian city of churches. So the run home, Gossam. West Coast, Brisbane, Geelong and Richmond are the teams that 
we're really focused in on because the others really can't jump into the top four, can GWS they? Just. GWS maybe, but they're only on 44 points. Yeah, sure. So there's still a game a game outside Richmond sure, and then sure. a couple of games behind West Coast and Brisbane. So West Coast, you got Carlton, win, Adelaide. So the Tigers game, the second last week of the yep. home and away season, yep. is the massive one for them, yep. isn't it? Because they'll probably win three. Are they a game in front of Richmond? Yeah, so they're a game in and front of Richmond. What's the percentage like? Uh, West Coast, I you know, should have written that one down, No, no, Tim, no I've got it right here check in front it of it. You keep going, keep So talking. Brisbane a third. So the race really, you think Geelong are there, aren't they? Although... Uh, okay, we're 7%, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, West Coast? Are 7% in front yeah, of Richmond. So and Richmond, you said we. So Richmond are two wins behind. That's two wins behind West Coast. Yeah, So okay. West Coast can afford to lose that game to Richmond. Yep. To keep them at bay. percentage. But they've also then got to rely on Brisbane dropping a game. Well, see, Brisbane, though, I initially thought they had a pretty decent run home. Tough run. But they've got, they've got the Dogs and Gold yeah. Coast, so they should win those two because they're at home. Yep. Then they've got Geelong and Richmond to finish. Mm, yeah. That's tough. Nah, real tough. So West Coast will finish second on percentage. Richmond, you would think Richmond, so. Richmond will be third. Yeah. that means West Coast will play Richmond here. That's dangerous. Nah, that win. That's dangerous. That's the best part, That's the best part of it. They Tigers get, are looking good. Because then they get Richmond on the other side of the draw. Mm. They push them out to the other side of the draw. Wow, we okay. We're going to take a break on the podcast because uh, we, we're going to pay the bills. So much to get through, and of course now Scotty, who's a mad keen Dockers man, I think on Twitter. So mm. I think Scotty Thomas seventy seven seven. I don't know. He knows yeah. everything about Frio, and he's yeah. very passionate. I love his passion. Mm-hmm. Now, he says he doesn't listen to the podcast, but I think he listens to the podcast. Does he? We're talking Frio next and the future of Ross Lyon. It's the baffling case that gripped the nation. What happened to three-year-old William Tyrrell? For close to five years, the family of William Tyrrell have looked for answers. Where is their son, who was playing in the yard of his grandmother's home one minute and gone the next? Police emergency, this is Simone. Yeah, hi, my son is missing. He's three and a half. William was likely abducted. But by who? How has the perpetrator avoided discovery? Someone out there knows something. Something they've kept hidden all this time. Where's William Tyrrell? A 10 News First podcast available on all podcast platforms. Welcome back to the podcast, The Western Front. Thank you very much for the rabbits. Now, all righty, let's get our teeth into this. Let's go right field, left field. My right field question to you, Lockie Reid, and we put it out into the Western Front Twitter sphere, and I asked of the fans, Tim Kelly. Mm-hmm. Now, I, <laughs> I know, I know, but now I oh, think I'm sick of Tim no. Kelly. No, I like Tim Kelly, but I'm sick of the talk it's about Tim Kelly. It's hotting up now. It's yeah, genuinely hotting up. I know. Okay. So, last year, almost West Coast said no to Frio. Yep. West Coast played a little bit hardball on the trade. Mm-hmm. They were close, but no cigar. He, if he comes back, if he comes back... Is it West Coast, Fremantle, or do you think he stays at Geelong? So your options are next year, question, right field, Tim Kelly, Geelong, West Coast, Fremantle. Right. Right, yep. So, yeah, right field question. So as it stands right now, and this is what I have been told, is that West Coast are ahead of the Fremantle Dockers in the chase for Tim Kelly. But I think he stays at Geelong another year. What do you reckon? Uh, I think Geelong are in front. But I have a sneaking suspicion he'll come home. 
I think Geelong right now, if you, if you asked him right now, yep. he would say, I'm almost staying. I agree with you. But I reckon in the next, next month. And I think the deal will have something to do with stick with us year by year. Yep. If you have had enough complete, yeah. we're in the premiership Five window. Five-year deal, but we'll re- we'll go back to it yeah. every every year. We won't lock you in and make life difficult for yeah. you. All right, right field question for ready, you, Timmy ready, G. Ready, ready, ready. Melbourne yep. are going to get pick two, maybe pick three, depending on priority pick for Gold Coast. But right now, sit second bottom. They're going to get pick two yep. in the draft. Yep. We think Ed Langdon. It's a long question. I know. We think. <laughs> don't interrupt me. We think Ed Langdon wants to go, and Melbourne's one of the clubs. Brad Hill also, we think, might want to go, Tim. Going to ask for a trade. Would you, if you were Fremantle, say, we'll give you Brad Hill and Ed Langdon for pick two and maybe some draft picks later on? So you want bread and milk? Yeah. <laughs> Do you need those eggs? Yeah, Bronny. Oh, so have you finished the question? Yes, mate. Okay. Yeah. I'll call you back, love. Rightio. Um, yes, straight away. So key to this is what they do with that pick. So do you trade that pick to yourself and yeah, go and get somebody yeah. else? Yeah, well, you're going to need someone. Or do you go into the draft and get another kid? No, you're going to have to go into the draft. I don't know what they're going to do. Oh, you're not really giving me well, a I don't know what. Well, I don't think they know what they're doing, Lockie. No, that's true. true. I don't know what they're doing with everybody down there. Good question. <laughs> it's a great question. Yeah. Left field question from yours truly. Yep. Eleni Gluftus, umpire, female umpire. Oh, yes, yep. Boundary umpire boyfriend, both mm-hmm. from South yep. Australia. After the game, Carlton Adelaide went out into the middle under the guise of having a team photo taken between the two of them yep. for the first time of doing an AFL game together. Mm-hmm. Her as field, him as boundary. Yep. Do you think that should be allowed? Do you think it's acceptable? Absolutely. Why not? I thought it was a great moment. I'd think it was absolutely, actually a shame that uh, they didn't have a microphone on him because I wanted to hear what he said and what he did. What do you think he would have said? Well, will you marry me? But That's just the build-up to it and what her emotions were when he asked. There was one thing missing, in my opinion. Albeit. Did he forget the ring? No, he had those tucked into his sweatband. Right. They should have blown the whistle together. Yeah, that's right. And Is maybe it, the ground could have blown the siren. Correct. Once they had a bit of pecker. Because. A peck. A peck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, left field question for you. Ready. We heard that Don Pike had a bit of a Sunday session yep. with his players and yep. staff. Yep. What food and drink would you supply at that type of function? Oh, because oh, I, if I know Pikey, <laughs> Pikey would have said BYO. So it saved you. <laughs> Is he yeah. a bit of a oh, oh. Is he ever? Hey. Hey. He's the Mick Mouldhouse, Jared Neesham of the modern coaching era. So he would have asked them to bring five bucks. Yep. Like Clive Waterhouse did. You know that Clive Waterhouse? You hear that yes, story? Yes, I did hear that Clive story. Waterhouse, when he, the first year players came around and he said, leave the money on the fridge, boys. <laughs> so yeah, I'll host a function for all the first year players. And they all came around. They all had to pay. <laughs> Clive. Top 25 at Freer. Um, right. What, what, what sort of food and drink would you supply? Stock you standard were the coach. Stuff. Stock standard. Yep. White bread, tomato sauce, an onion. Some sausages and the cheapest possible flat little round steak as possible. Get them in, get them out. Tell them they're no good. Send them on their way. Right. Rightio. Okay, the last meal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Mikey. That's it. Mm. Rightio. Okay. Hey, look, I'm going to ask you this question. Yes. Will Ross Lyon be there next year? Uh, oh, man, who knows? <laughs> only, only Dale Orcock knows that question and his board members. It's a big payout, mate. Yeah. He'll get 900 in the last year, they're telling me. So can I ask you, like, right now, you know, we see that lots of Fremantle fans are really frustrated with Ross, get rid of him. 
Then there's a select group on Twitter that are having a crack at the media. Oh, yeah. Get off his back. Yeah, David King. David King also. <laughs> Paul Roos. So I'm trying to work it out. Do Fremantle fans want Ross to stay or not want him to stay? No. no or are they blaming the ones... Game. There's a blame game going on here. Correct. It's our fault. So it's our so fault. So can I ask you? We kick it. We handball it. You are it. one of the highest profile sports presenters in town. You are. Have you got an agenda against Ross Lyon? And that is a serious question, and I am just putting it on to you now. Based on what? Have you got an agenda? Do you want to see Ross Lyon out of town? Because that is what's being accused by not only the eastern states, (laughs) but also local fans of the Fremantle Dockers, is that high-profile people like yourself want Ross Lyon out of town, and this is just a push from the media to get him out. No. The the simple question is no, and and I can say no. I will say this. And there's always a follow-up to everything that I talk about. Since day one, and I say this hand on heart, I don't believe Ross Lyon has respected the WA media as a general. I agree with you there. I think he's attached himself and stayed attached at the hip to Melbourne media, and I respect that. Mm. But not at our expense. The bottom line is... He hasn't embraced the local media, has he? No. Parts about, If we think about the history here... So we've worked here at Channel 10. How many times have we been given a one-on-one interview with Ross Lyon? Once, definitely, when he first arrived, mm-hmm. maybe a second time. Okay, so you on... Requested often. On radio over the years yeah. since Ross has been here. Never. Uh, through Croc Media. Have you done a pre-game interview with Ross? Never. Okay. And that is likewise with me on Triple M Footy. Mm-hmm. We, in four years, haven't had Ross okay. before a game. Now, now... Is that us getting then? Is that us getting shirty now? No, and, no, and it's thinking, not well, us getting shirty. Well, ha you're copping your right whack here because that's not how I think. That's no, not, I don't think it is. I, I, I'm going to tell. You've got to embrace the local. So, so you as a coach are going to you're going to cop it at some stage, aren't you? Well, you're either going to be sacked or yeah. So soon to be sacked. If I'm a coach, I'm not embracing him to be my best friend, but I'm doing a couple of interviews. Making making them feel warm and fuzzy. Oh, we had Ross today. Good promotion because he is a high profile figure mm. who's done a terrific job early on for the Fremantle Dockers. I think he needed to embrace the local media a little bit more. Yeah, but I, because I think through these times, and I know I always pull out this left way left field example is when Mark Taylor couldn't hit the ball off the square as captain of Australia. Very few media people were calling for him to be sacked. Yeah, they all because you know why? Because he was. He was nice while he was at the top. He wasn't arrogant when he was at the top of his game and as a captain of Australia. And what goes around comes around, swings and roundabouts, all that sort of stuff. Oh, everyone I speak to tells me that Ross Lyon is a great coach yeah. and that a lot of players like him. Had a lot of success. Without the premiership, we I know you'll say, that. where's the premiership? I understand that. But he's had a lot of success. He, when he, that was, I disagree with people when... Uh, they moved on Mark Harvey to get Ross Lyon. I actually think that was a great decision by the footy club and it reaped rewards straight great. away. They were in the window of a chance of winning a premiership. Correct. Great move. I just think Ross is the kind of guy that probably doesn't hang around 10, 15 years at the one football club. I actually think in two years' time he'll be somewhere else. Ross Lyon, towards me, looks down his nose at me. Often. I've been around a long time. I know the landscape okay. It's not me versus Ross Lyon. Bottom line is, the the record will state that Fremantle's rebuild under his regime 
is not going well. I, and forget I've, about forget about personalities. Forget about falling out. Forget about whatever. The bottom line is, you know why it's it, not going well, is because they keep thinking that they're better than they are. So they keep thinking we're only a game outside the eight. So I'm going to bring back Aaron Sandlands and I'm going to bring back Aiden Ballantyne because if we win against the Bulldogs on the weekend, we're there. We're almost there. We can make the premise. It's not about that. The last two weeks, we've seen Andrew Brayshaw in the middle of the ground. And has he got votes in the last two weeks? Correct. Before that, where was he playing? Half forward, wing, yeah, run, sometimes run in the midfield, maybe. run with... Yeah. Like, he's a midfielder. Yeah, Put him in the midfield, if play that's him. Your, if you, if that's and then if rebuild. he gets worn out after 12... 12 games, give him a rest. If that's your rebuild, if that's then your rebuild. Re- so, Adam Chera, we haven't seen the best of Adam Chera. We actually sit here going, is Adam Chera any good? Mm. Not as in any good as in, mm. is Adam Chera going to be a star? Mm. That is the question. We haven't seen it because he hasn't been given a chance. And I made this comment also, is that the rebuild has been based on expats with lots of experience. West Aussies. Yeah. McCarthy, not lots of experience, but he's enough to play the game. Conker. Collier, Wilson, Hogan, Lobb. See, and I don't that's mind those selections. That's a, a top-up. But I, I don't mind Me the neither. selections of especially Collier and Conker because I think they bring leadership yeah, Collier's, and Collier's experience and everything like that. But they bring – you need blokes around the footy club. Yeah. Like, if you say to me right now, Fraser McInnes – like, he is right now on the Eagles list a wasted spot yep. from what we're looking at. Yep. But from the person that he is and what he brings to that Correct. free club and the fact that he's now the captain of their reserves team, you can afford to almost have that sort of bloke sitting there yep. going, he's making us a better football yeah, club. Yeah, I agree. And that's what I think Conker and Collier do for the Fremantle Dockers. But you've got to play the kids. Will Ross Lyon be there next year? Uh, I've got no idea. I'll be honest with you, I have no idea. All righty, let's get our teeth into the votes in the Bank West Player of the Year. Three, two, and one, Lockie. Let's turn our attention to the first game that we saw, of course, and that was the West Coast Eagles and North Melbourne. Oh, I'm thinking three votes, probably, <laughs> to Josh Kennedy. Old fella. Two votes to Jeddah. I thought he was superb. Uh, and one vote to uh, Barris. Mm. He was 17 spoils. Yeah. And as I said, Schofield makes those blokes a better player. Fremantle? Fremantle and Western Bulldogs, three to Brayshaw, two, who knows, uh, Walters and one to Brad Hill. Yeah, Walters had one of those days. He tackled hard and yep. but wasn't clean day and Brad Hill got plenty of the footy. Didn't give Fife a vote. As much as he got the most possessions for Fremantle, yep. didn't think it was his cleanest day. But how does that shape in regards to the Bankwest? $10,000, thanks to Bankwest, to the charity of the winning players club. 23 to 5, 16 now to Bradley Hill. He's creeping up. He had five straight best on grounds and then he got a two on the weekend. 15 to Walters and Shepherd also. Alrighty. Now, I've had someone stop me in the street mm. and they were at the airport the Ooh. other day, yeah. on Friday. Yep. yep. they said they heard you conversing with Nat Fife. Yeah, had a bit of a chat to Nat. Yep, he's a good buddy of mine, Nat Fife. How did that go, and, and what was the topic of conversation? Uh, well, I um, I winked at him as he was coming towards me, and he knew I was going to thrust the microphone in front of him to ask him about uh, how he's going to go in the game on the weekend because he's obviously coming off that elbow infection and so he smiled he knew I was coming I asked the question and he went up the lift after that up the escalator turned around Tim and said playing with any discomfort on the week I'm fine 100% okay good on you mate yeah good he's uh, back at work this week so he's good 
How's Tim going? Mm. Is that me? Either you or Tim Kelly. <laughs> but I think it was you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, In fact, I know it was you. Okay. Let's go through those votes again. Three, five. Yeah, yes. <laughs> All righty, for the Bankers Player of the Year. Good on you, Natty. Appreciate your love and care. That's it. That's the Western Front for this Monday. That's our 10th episode. Where what the... about Tim's top three? Didn't prepare one, mate. Very busy I, man. Well, I, I had an introduction you had for your, it. You had your own segment earlier in the Teague of Hang his own. On. Tim's top three, you've been complaining all the time about no special introduction. We're on the clock, mate. Well, here's the taste of it for you. Tim's top three. All right, it gives me a week to work it out. Yeah. All righty, nice work by you. Thanks, Lockie Ree. Thank you for podcasting and listening to us and doing whatever you do. Tell a friend. Follow us on Western Front to Twitter on WFrontW. Till next week, this has been the Western Front. G'day, I'm Barry Dubois. If you've heard my name, you probably know me as that bloke off the living room. Believe it or not, there's a little bit more to me than just that. For 35 years, I've worked in design, construction and real estate. And during that time, I bought, renovated and sold about $150 million worth of real estate while running my own property development business. And then I threw it all in at 45 to retire and sail around the world. There's no doubt about it, life has been a hell of a journey so far and I've learned a few things along the way. Things about homes and families that I want to share with you. If you listen to this podcast, I reckon you're going to learn a little bit about design. All sorts of styles works. It used to be that it was a very um, raw space where people didn't put as much effort in, but now they're really focused on even making it more like a hotel. You'll learn about sustainability. Anything you can do to reduce those leaks, whether it's seals on your windows and doors or caulking up the gaps beneath your skirting boards, those kind of things to reduce how much of that airflow flows in and out is going to have a big impact. And also, I want to share a bit about my personal philosophies on life, if you indulge me, of course. Joining us on the journey will be industry insiders, gurus, and interesting people from all walks of life. So I had a pet penguin. No way. Yeah, so he was a penguin that had washed ashore. To check that he was ready to go back into the, into the ocean, we used to put him into the swimming pool. And he'd swim around the swimming pool, but he was so fast you couldn't get him out. So we'd have to get in there with a pool scoop, and, and that was my job to swim around and try to catch him eventually. But <laughs> if he was fast enough, then it was a sign he was ready to go back to the wild. So hit that subscribe button and join me and my friends on Hammer at Home with Barry Dubois.